I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. Patreon edition with us and all of you. And you and Drew. You and Drew and all the excitement. You know, he's he's coming back from COVID and it's wild. It's so wild. Your dad had COVID, was in the hospital. Yep. My dad is just getting out of the hospital, has had COVID. He's been in the hospital for like over a week. I think he's now in a rehab facility. Did I know that? I don't know. Maybe I didn't tell you. Yeah, he's he's vaccinated and still got it and uh, not the healthiest guy. And he's, yeah, he's been in the hospital for a while. Oh my God, Doug, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's gnarly. And I'm I'm fresh off of a booster and recovered from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were saying this, I think like a week or so ago, I get confused with whether we were talking on the Patreon or the regular podcast. I'm assuming you guys listen to all of it. But you're hearing Drew and Sarah, unless do some of you like prefer Drew and that's why you're on here and you don't listen to Sarah? Great or question. Do you guys listen to all of it. Yeah, I don't know. Great question. Yeah, you guys tell us. Yeah. You're the inside edition right now. That's right. I meant to run a poll to see which guest host they liked better than you. That's right. Oh, okay. We got to do that. Yeah, right, right. But I, I think at this point, well, weird COVID footnote, I think a lot of us, we said this the other day, now know somebody who has gotten COVID and it's just like, yep. yeah, if you're vaccinated, it's just a really bad flu and it can be really gnarly and you can wind up in the hospital, but it's it's not as scary as it was a year and a half ago. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> who the fuck knows? I don't know, but I just feel it may be a false sense of safety, but I definitely feel more safe. We don't yeah. know. What I do know, however, is that it has now become daylight savings time. Oh, suck a dick, daylight savings. That's what I yeah, say. That was, I think, that was what that one. That was last week. Uh huh. So I think, I think I gave a history of daylight savings at one point <laughs> to you guys. Well, you gave you gave a history of daylight saving time. That's right. Because I think you you yep. said it's singular, not plural. It is. And it's one of your battle cries. And I think a lot of people have feelings about it. I didn't care about it. I don't like I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, sure. I love it when it's not like pitch black at 5 p.m. Yeah. Now that it's been a couple of weeks, I am absolutely on board with like it should never be dark at 5 p.m. No. That's ugh. No, it's so it bugs me. Whatever, whatever we're on, we, this is daylight saving time now yes, yes. that we're on. Yeah. Get rid of the shit. Get I rid of it. it. Get rid of it. Next rid time of it. it comes yeah. around, vote for it. Cause there was on the ballot the first day it set 4:54 PM. The sunset. <laughs> oh my gosh. What are, are we in Alaska? Wow. Like fuck that. Or is it the <laughs> other way around? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I used to think, well, used to, if it's 4.55 PM in LA and the sun's going down, then the sun doesn't go down in New York until 7.55. But that's not true. I was thinking the sun went down oh, for everybody oh. at the same time. Right. I get what you're saying. I mean, ish, right. you know, there's some different, there's some differences. Apparently the earth has its own rotation. So weird. Speaking of daylight saving time and earth rotation, 
I just saw a clip about the the months, like the naming of the months. Yeah. And that we have an extra two months added to the calendar that didn't intend to be there. The calendar was supposed to start with March. For example, we're in November, meaning nine, right? Yeah. December, deci, meaning 10. Oct, meaning eight. Sept, meaning seven, right? Yeah. So Oh my God. The calendar, there, there it is. There's the realization. Wait, the what? calendar was supposed to end at 10 months. What's March? Um, it stands for marsupial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> With three toed sloth. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know that it all and like minds up that way. Same thing. Like, uh, what is it? Saturday is Saturn day. Sunday is Sunday, Monday, moon day. Oh my God. Like they, there's, yeah. But whatever it is, somebody was like breaking down. Even our calendar system is wrong. Like it's, it's, it got amended and nobody ever thought to like fix it. Well, what would we do? We would have 50 days in every month. Maybe. Or we would have <laughs> take January and February and make them the 11th and 12th months of the year and have December be the 10th month of the year. So just move it over, like keep, keep everything in the same order, but move it over. Sure. But that'll sure. never happen. Yeah. Never, never happen. Let's start a thing. Let's try it. Let's start a, a oh, I'm sure there's a thing already started a crusade. Anything you can think of is already out there and somebody is crusading for and against it. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild. How many things are, are out there with that? people fighting for and against it so vehemently speaking of fighting for and against things oh yeah <laughs> yeah let's let's get into it there wasn't that much fighting in this one was nah. there? oh no there was that big fight that blowout fight that he tells us about oh yeah and speaking of oh we could have used hospitals as a segue speaking of getting sent to the hospital after a big fight um, I'm no, like, what no, are no, you no, talking? Oh my God. I was so confused. <laughs> the look on your face. Like, did I listen to the wrong session? I totally was no, like, no, did no. I? That's me giving fake fictional spoilers. Fake There's fictional. No that happens. I can't imagine Drew getting in a, like a fisticuff fight. I can't believe you used the word fisticuff. I know. I thought you'd like that. I do. But maybe in like, like getting into a, a, a brouhaha with a bunch of people. <laughs> a um, <laughs> My great grandfather just came back. <laughs> there was that one rapscallion in the bar, <laughs> and I had to set him straight. <laughs> you just can't stop. That's amazing. Okay. This old lump of coal doesn't stand for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to stop. We're going to stop. We're going to stop. Bye. We'll be back. <laughs> Maybe we should start talking about you. <laughs> How's your week been? <laughs> How are you doing? Coming off COVID and being out for two weeks. Yeah. I think this last week's been a crazy adjustment of getting back into the real world. And it's been a weird struggle not knowing how to talk to people again. And I, I really saw that I was in a really comfortable area having a lot of fun. And I still found myself kind mm -hmm. of like not watching what I say, but kind of thinking about it first instead of just kind of like being in the moment and, and doing it. Mm. And I found that very interesting because like I was super comfortable. I was doing what I love to do. And I still felt 
that like uh, tendency that I have to uh, kind of be overzealous in a way and kind of mask the, I think I was scared to a certain degree, kind of felt myself like watching myself and making sure everybody was okay and, and doing that kind of thing again. But I think it was really nice that I was aware in the moment while I was doing it, mm. because I think that really allowed me to let that go to a certain degree. I still felt it, but I felt a lot more um, cognitive of, of being in the moment it was more eye-opening to like, why, why? What's the point of trying to take care of everybody right now and everybody's having a good time, everybody's having fun. Like, I don't need to do anything. Everybody just needs to be and, and enjoy themselves. Yeah, so some of that self-talk and doing that, it didn't take you to that place of being hyper aware of what you're thinking, what you're doing, and it took you out of the moment. It sounds like you were able to be in the moment and recognize, oh, wait, I'm trying to like, take care of everybody. Okay. Maybe I don't need to, like you were able to see it, allow it and let it go. I think a lot of the times when we talk about this, it's more in like bad moments or, or like when shit's kind of going like sideways where I'm like, Oh fuck, I need to take care of this and that. And I just get overwhelmed in it. Whereas now it wasn't an overwhelming type of feeling. It, It felt like it was out of like a genuine loving place, which felt good. I'm trying to find my boundaries. I like to get people waters and I like to buy people lunch and I, I, I still like doing that kind of shit. Right. But I think I'm getting a better understanding of when and where that's appropriate for myself. I'm just getting a better grasp of being in the moment and enjoying it, not doing too much. Yeah. I mean, that's like you said, not getting overwhelmed. You can get mm-hmm. whelmed, just not <laughs> overwhelmed, right? Mm-hmm. And even though it was a comfortable situation, you were having a good time. I'll I'll challenge that a a little bit because the mechanism for you of taking care of everybody, making sure they were having a good time was born out of, uh uh-oh, what if they don't? There was potentially something bad that could happen, a rejection that might take place, a disappointment or something. So we, that's what kicks in that mechanism to let me make sure everybody's having a good time and everybody's okay. It's okay to be a good host. Not that you were hosting, you don't have to bring everybody cheese and crackers, you know, but (laughs) it's like letting go of the responsibility for them having a good time, but still being aware of them having a good time or not and being affected by it. That's fine. And then once we let go of that, then if you were like, hey, but you know what? I have these cheese and crackers. Like, let me give everybody a snack pack. Like, no problem. That's part of who you are. And that's fine. It's really okay when it's not because I'm defending their against their disappointment or rejection of me or, or I need their approval. And I think that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Nice. In a roundabout sort of way. I mean, you're, you're experiencing a little bit of flexibility mm-hmm. and the flexibility to be here and now and have that be okay. I think my waves are getting a little bit more even keel. You know, I'm not holding mm-hmm. so much weight instead of ruining my whole day. It might piss me off for 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. I love that. I mean, look, you've come a long way in, in a short amount of time to be more comfortable with the unknown. And when something doesn't go according to plan, it thrusts you into the unknown and you're learning to embrace that and have that be okay. It's funny. I was really thinking about the unknown and kind of where mm-hmm. I'm at and why some days are good, some days are bad feeling-wise when I wake up, right? And I really thought about my rabbit holes and my Vader voice and, and kind of where I was right now. But job-wise, I've never been so uncertain of something in my life as far as, like, what's real. It's all belief 
in myself, that's really scary. And some days I'll wake up and be like, oh, fuck, I need to go work at Safeway. But on the, on the other end of that spectrum, I'm really confident and I'm really excited. If I were to get everything I wanted right now, I don't think I'm ready for it yet. And so I think I'm learning a patience lesson, too, in the sense of like, it's really cool the work we get to do because it, it makes it more tangible for me. And so within everything kind of we've done, it's given me the ability to now say, okay, work. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on, but I feel I'm on the right path and I just need to kind of slow down a little bit. It's going to be okay. I believe in what I'm doing. It's a judgment thing and you're learning to trust your own judgment. You might in your career get burnt once or twice, maybe, but you're making your judgment call and you're learning to trust your gut and your intuition a lot more these days. And I think to put that in context too, we're talking a lot about my mom lately and she's not doing the best. And I think now, you know, my spectrum, I'm understanding it a lot better or my, my pendulum, right? So I bought a plane ticket this morning and I was like, yo, I'm going to surprise her Friday night. That's her birthday. And I think the reason I'm bringing that up is because I'm still doing it for her because I know she's going to appreciate it. But I want to go see my mom, too. And I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm finding that balance of like, no, my mom does need to see me right now, but I'm not dropping everything to go do it. And, and yeah. I also, it was really nice with girlfriend too. We had the conversation this morning before I bought it. I was like, hey, like, I really appreciate you being there with me. It's going to be kind of hard with dog because I need to leave him here. I need somebody to watch him. It's just too much this time. I think it'd be really great if you kind of stayed back and watched dog took care of the house. I'm going to go see my mom, spend some good quality time with my parents real quick, and I'll be back the next day. It'll be really quick. And she was super understanding and was like, yeah, I definitely want to be there too. I'll pay for my ticket if you want me to be there. But I agree, it doesn't quite make sense this trip. So you go spend some time. And it was really nice to be able to, one, make a decision on my own, mm -hmm. feel good about making my mom feel good and me feel good on that same thing. And at the end of it, being able to express how I was feeling and still wanting her there. But yeah rationally knowing both of us it doesn't it just doesn't quite make sense for this one i mean it's it's the rolling stones song you can't always get what you, want, <laughs> if you try sometimes you get what you need yeah and especially if you're communicating it man a great example of something i used to say to you which was being the son you want to be and doing what's right for you and for you what felt right was seeing my mom Yes, she, she probably needs to see me right now. That would be good for her. But I need to see my mom and I need to spend time with her for the son that I want to be. And we have a bonus of the boyfriend you want to be is also one that didn't just say, yeah, of course, come along. It was communicating it to her and, and what your true needs were and your wants. Like your wants being, I would love to have you there. I'm worried about the house. So it would really help a lot if you stayed. And she did. And she did that for you, probably because that's the girlfriend she wants to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not just pleasing the other because you're worried they're going to leave you. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, and you're laughing, yeah. but that's, I mean. Say that six months ago, a year ago, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's why I'm laughing because it's like, I did it. Exactly. Yeah. You're laughing, but that used to be you not, not so long ago. And yeah. that's exactly what you picked up on. Like, I'm laughing because six months ago, oh, yeah. That was me. Maybe even like a month or two ago. <laughs> it doesn't go away, but we're building that, that muscle where we go, oh, right. right. I can do it this way. That's, that's that ski trail, right? The new one. Yeah. That we're yeah, carving. Yeah, yeah. And you go like, wow, 
I just did what I wanted to do as a, as a son and it was cool. And I asked for what I needed as a, as a partner and I got it like, huh, all right, cool. And you're having that experience now. The difference between knowing your path and walking your path, you're walking it. You're actually experiencing these things in, in your life in real time. So that was a really good situation, right? It felt great. Now with that same situation financially, so I obviously couldn't afford a trip. Here's my mentality on the way I went about it. So, and I don't know if I'm rationalizing it or, or what that is, but I see it as a negative, right? So I use my credit card that linked my parents' account. I think this is a situation where I'm asking forgiveness, not permission. And I think it's okay, but I find myself kind of playing this fine line a lot, especially with finances. And so I, I guess even though it was morally the perfect situation, I still find myself feeling almost guilty about it because I want to be able to pay for it and surprise her and be like, hey, mom, I did this. Not, oh, yeah, by the way, like you're going to have a couple hundred bucks on the American Express when you see it. Like, I know she doesn't care, and I know she's going to be appreciative when I get there and all of that to be said. I'm still lying. I'm still not being truthful of the whole scenario. And vulnerability, morally, everything I am as a person, doesn't, it just doesn't sit well with me. What would sit well? Buying it myself, for sure. But I'm still reliant on them to be able to make this happen. I'd rather tell them when I got there. Like, hey, by the way, I'm here. Good to see you guys, by the way. Okay, that, that right there, because that, that sounded a little lighter. Follow that and, and let's hear what that sounds like. And then let's take that, because that's saying it with confidence. That's saying it knowing what my intention is, what my integrity is, and what my ability is, right? What my limitations are, what my support can be. I want to hear you say it from that place for a second. How would that sound? I picture myself probably at lunchtime, you know, maybe in the hotel room. Hey, guys, by the way, just wanted to let you know that I obviously I didn't pay for this. I have no money. So like I had to get here somehow. And I just wanted to be on the same page that that I used the credit card. And, and I'm sorry for that. But I'm really happy to be here. And, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done any different. You know, I, I know what I did and I and I'm I know what I'm doing. It's not like I'm just oblivious, but um, I'm happy I'm here. That's pretty good. Pretty good. And you're shrugging a little bit and I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. Try, try swapping the words, I'm sorry for thank you and see how it sounds. I like the thank you because then it, I'll say it like this, mom, dad, obviously I didn't get here on my own two cents and, and thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be able to spend this time with you because there isn't anything more important to me at this point in my life than time with you guys. And, uh, and it sucks that I can't afford it, but thank you for allowing me to be here. How'd that sound? How'd that feel saying that that way? It felt better. It felt kind of a tearjerker, and I don't know why. Like, I, I don't really know why I'm tearing up about it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I want to stay here for a second. Talk about that for a second. I think it's a lot more vulnerable, and I think it's, uh, I think it's 100% the truth of where I'm at and not a facade just to kind of get it out of the way. I think the uh, I'm sorry, my bad is just kind of like a quick, okay, we're good. Let's go do something fun now. Where this is really more showing like who I am as a, as a son, who I want to be and, and where I want to show up. And, and the way I hear it is the I'm sorry almost implies I did something wrong or I'm, 
I'm not good enough. The thank you is really like, wow, I'm doing this wonderful thing and you guys helped out. You supported me and I'm so grateful. I don't hear the negative in that. I, I, I don't hear a weakness, a fault, an imperfection in that. But my next question, though, is how do I start like this? How do I get to this point but this morning? Like before I go out and buy tickets and, and before I have that conversation, because I think my worry in that and and majority of the time why I just kind of go out and do it is through experience with my family, right? My parents are really weird when it comes to money. They'll have no problem giving me $5,000 for a hoodie. But if I ask for, if I go $20 negative, it's the fucking end of the world. And so I don't know where that level of okayness is with them. Right. Where is it for you? The new, the new ski trail version, not the one that you're used to. I think at the end of the day for me, as long as my heart's in the right place, I feel good about it. I'd way rather have the day and a half with my mom and dad for her birthday than think about, oh, well, I didn't have the couple hundred bucks to get there. Going back to the, I think the very first or second session we had of, of future tripping, you know, I, I think that's kind of where I'm at is like looking back when I'm 40 of being a 25 year old and broke and all this shit. I'm more excited to look back and be like, yeah, remember that time I kind of fucked up and used a credit card to go do this versus the, oh, yeah, I should have taken that trip. You've heard me say it before. I'll say it again. You can always get another hundred bucks. You can never get another January 19th, 2021. Right. Right. Exactly. It's recognizing that these moments are the ones that are important. And that's where you place the biggest value on things. To your question, how do I do this sooner? How do I do this before I buy the ticket and, and arrive? It's, I'd rather ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Yeah. Right? What if it's not about forgiveness or permission? Hmm. You landing and saying what you said the first go around was almost the forgiveness one because you put in the I'm sorry. And I think it's a permission too. Like me saying I'm sorry and then being like, oh, it's okay. Now is allowing me to stay there for the trip. And if right. it didn't go that way, I wouldn't be there. If you said any of that before you left, it'd be 100% permission. Okay. So if it's not about permission or forgiveness, and we're channeling that new, that new trail that we're carving, the one where you're so appreciative and so grateful and you need support and here's what you need and here's your intention. Let's see if you can hit it before I describe it. Because it's not asking permission. It's not asking for forgiveness. It's telling them something. What, what are you telling I'm telling them I love them, like at the, at the end of the day, and, and I'm telling them who I am and and showing up and who I want to be. Again, like money to me is made up, but the situation and the actual event is real, and so I'm trading that shit for the realness every time. Right. Yeah, I'm telling them who I am and who I want to be. Absolutely, and that's not asking permission to be that. That's that's telling them I love you guys. I really want to be there. I don't have the financial means to make it happen, but if you guys are, are willing to let me use the card to, to fly out there, that would mean a lot to me and it would really be special. In a sense, that's asking for permission, but it's, it's also telling them who you are and who you want to be, like you said. It's a better way to show up, I think. I think the other thing I'm doing right now too is getting out of my lane to a certain degree of wanting to be the son that is able to show up and surprise, you know, I really want that. I think to a certain degree, I'm lying to myself in this too. 
in the sense of like, yeah, my parents got me and like, yeah, like they'll help me out. But but if I'm so confident in my decision making now and morally, right, how come I can't just have that conversation with my dad? And I think that's what I'm trying to understand for myself, too. And I, I don't know if it's a pride thing, if it's a ego thing, if, it, if it's something like that where I have a problem going to my dad and saying, hey, I can't afford this. Can you help me? And, you know, I, I think that's kind of where I'm at in the sense of, I mean, if, if I were to do a pros and cons list, I'm hitting every pro possible as far as my moral ground, except for the not telling the full truth to my dad. Right. I hate it. Which you don't like. Right. I, I can hear you being a little worried or nervous about how the conversation with dad would go. Is it ego? Is it pride? Is it judgment? Is it failure? Is it all of those things? Yeah. And we get more comfortable with it the more we do it. We get more comfortable if we do it vulnerably and honestly, as opposed to just landing and going, yeah, and you, you guys know I can't afford it, so I use the credit card, but I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, guys. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That's just glossing over it. We can get really good at manipulating situations, especially with finances, to make it happen in our favor. But being honest about it and being upfront about it is different. Let's compare for a second. You talking about, thinking about, talking to my dad about getting some, some financial support to fly out there and do what I really want to do. Compare that with, I want to leave fashion, go out on my own. I want to partner with my dad. Compare those a little bit. Hmm. Hmm. I think both of them still seeing him as a security blanket. I think in the fashion one, I was a little bit more, hey, dad, you're my security blanket. I need help. I think in this one, it's almost like, I'm almost thinking he's playing more of a parachute in this one instead of, I, th- I think in this scenario, I'm more so going off on my own. I think in the fashion one, I was a lot more observant of his feelings and where he is at. I think that this one is a little bit more centered to myself versus being aware of the way he feels about it or, or caring about it even to a degree, you know, because I'm aware of it. I know how he feels. I just I care, but I don't care. Like I, I care. I really do. But it's not enough to make me not do it. I think like. I'm really good at looking back at these situations and being like, oh, that would have been the right thing to do. Whereas going through it, I almost get defensive. I put my walls up and and I just kind of go into a, oh, let me just get this done really quick and then we'll figure it out later. Yeah. And again, that's they're asking the forgiveness afterwards instead of the permission beforehand. Right. And I think there's why I said, if it's not about permission or forgiveness, if it's about, let me just tell him where I'm coming from and, and, I would like to get his okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. I would like to get his okay. It's a, it's slightly different. It's still in a sense in the ballpark of permission. Look, when you said like you were almost tearing up, part of that is genuinely knowing your character and what you want to do and asking for support to help do that. And when people step up and give us that support, it's so incredibly meaningful. You're so used to doing for others that others doing for you blows you away. Can be either very uncomfortable or very moving. Your dad's no exception to that. You know, in fact, he's somebody that probably does it so much 
maybe without getting the kind of recognition that that a friend would get if they step up or girlfriend when she's like yeah i'll stay here i got the house go ahead it's allowing her to show you how much she cares about you we're talking about asking for support for something and that's where it's not forgiveness or permission it's asking for support giving your dad in this case an opportunity to show you how much he appreciates you by just supporting this thing and I guess this is where my guilt factor comes into of how much support does one man need? Like, where does that line kind of stop in the sense of like, if you're a pitcher in baseball and you're throwing all balls, you're going to get pulled out of the game. Like, that's what happened. Like, it caused an effect, right? And so I'm also not oblivious to how much my parents helped me out. And so I, I think that's also why this weighs on me so much. Because I mean, two, $300 to them is nothing. It, it's everything to me. And so I think I'm seeing it from that perspective now. And and now I'm looking back on everything else that they've spent $200 here, $300 there, you know, and, and kind of just going back throughout my life. And like, not that I owe them because I'm their kid. I'm like, I get that. But it's funny, like me and my dad were talking the other day and I do this a lot. We were talking about business and, and I was sending him some pictures of what I was doing. And, and he was like, man, it's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, dad, I'm going to buy you an island one day. again i i don't know why this is a tearjerker for me but it's more so like i just feel like they give me so much and like i can't give anything back at this point and it sucks i hear that i mean that that's where that comes from is is a place of deep gratitude and appreciation i don't hear the failure in you I hear deep gratitude and appreciation and that idea that, and I can't give anything back to them right now. There is something you can give back to them right now. That's who you are. And why I think it it gets so moving is because it's, I need some support financially so that I can be who I really am for you guys, with you guys. So you can see that. And me being who I really am and who I really want to be, as you said, it's powerful, man. And if all I need is for you to like throw down the credit card for a couple hundred dollars so that I can do this thing that's really powerful and moving to me. I mean, look, if you're, if you're on the mound and you throw eight straight balls, what's the first thing that's going to happen? You talk to the coach. Coach? Is that the first person that's going to come to the mound? I guess you're going to go to the catcher first. Exactly. Exactly. You're right. Right? Yeah. You're not getting pulled right away. Right. Your catcher's going to come out and he's probably going to just calm you down, help you focus. I mean, if, if you're that catcher, what are you going to say to the pitcher? What pitch you want to throw next? Oh, my, my curve doesn't seem to be working. I, 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 let's, I guess we got to go fastball, make sure we get one over the plate. Let's go low and inside. It's easy. I'm, I'm worried, though. I, I haven't hit the glove. Eight straight pitches. Don't worry about it. Just throw it. Don't think about it. Just throw it. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the conversation with you and dad. You're having a little conference on the mound. I mean, what that catcher is also going to say is, dude, you're a major league pitcher. I know you can hit the glove. Yeah, your curveball's not breaking great. Don't worry about it. Loan inside. Groove it right there. I'll hold the glove up. Just hit it like we're playing catch in the backyard. I got you. I believe in you. I know you can do it. What do you think about that? I think, honestly, I still feel guilty, and I still feel like... 
I don't let my parents down. You know, I think that's been the mantra of like a lot of our conversation. Going back to the very start of this conversation of the unknown where I'm at right now, I feel like I'm not going on the brink of doing exactly what I've always thought was going to happen in absolute complete failure. And it's going to be one or the other. And it's cool some days and it's really scary the other days. And I think it's really hard to put in context with my parents in that way. I think I almost now show them the good parts of my life and they don't really get to hear the the other side. That was kind of where I decided like, hey, I'm a man, I'm grown now, like I got to take care of my shit. And I try to show them the good out of out of wanting approval for their reciprocated gratitude. Because I think the other thing I want to do is show them that they're good parents in virtue of me being a good kid. Yeah, and that's, I mean, look, we talk about morals a lot and character. And you having the conversation with dad, that, that's character. I mean, that's, that's why, look, if you do get pulled out of the game because you gave up seven runs in two innings, multiple choice here if you just go, yeah, you know what? It, it was really humid. I couldn't get a grip on the ball and like it just wouldn't break. And it, I, I never really got used to it. And, and it's just like, it's, it's weird playing out here. Like it, the weather just fucks you up and it's whatever. B, I didn't have my best stuff today. And it, it happens sometimes. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out there, you know, in five days from a next start. And hopefully I'll have a better go around. Or, yeah, I know I let everybody down. Everybody in the stands, you know, came to see a good game and, and I didn't deliver and it's my fault and I put it on my shoulders and it's, we take the loss and I take it personally and it's, it's my fault. I let the team down. I let everybody down and I'll bear that and, and I'll think about that for five days until I can get out again. Yeah, I, I am C, but I want to be B. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's I want to be B. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. So, right. And okay, how do we do that? Well, signal the catcher and we, we take a conference on the mound. Yeah. And, and I think the hard part for me too is C isn't wrong. Like I don't, I don't see C as being wrong. I just don't want that to be the way I live my life. It's not wrong. It's ineffective. It's not about wrong or right, good or bad necessarily. It's ineffective. The idea that I take that on, I put it on my shoulders. It's my fault that we lost. I bear the weight of that. No, the whole team does. You could win the game 10 to 7. And if you're still singing that same tune, you're undermining the 10 runs that your team scored. I mean, a pitcher that wins 10 to 7 but gave up the 7 runs, if he's going, man, I let everybody down. It's all my fault. I'm, I'm such crap. And, and, you know, I'll hold this with me in five days. I hope I'll do better. Sure. That's not incorrect. But it's, you don't have to hold the weight of that. That's why you go out there again in five days. That's why you have a new day tomorrow. And that's why as we were role-playing this and kind of looking at like giving thanks and appreciation and that deep gratitude and going, yeah, you know, I didn't have my best stuff today, giving up seven runs. I only lasted three innings, but man, do I have a great team around me that really stepped up and rallied and, and look, the rest of the pitching staff shut down the other team, the rest of the game. And we were able to claw back and, and score 10 runs. I'm so proud of these guys. It's amazing that they picked me up like that. Some days I'll pick them up. Today they picked me up. Some days I'll buy them an island. Today they bought me a ticket. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm getting a better understanding. Yeah, I think we talked about that last week about, about uh, just my team kind of having my back. I think the more I'm seeing that, the more I'm understanding that this isn't my race to run. It's our race to run. F1, right? It's not the driver wins the race, but it's the pit crew that really does. It's a full team effort. And so 
I'm getting a better understanding of that day by day. I swing back and hit that pretty often still. This is new stuff that we're talking about that you, you haven't like grown up doing this and we're, you and I are walking through it and you know, we've only been walking through this like middle over a year. Like, okay, you practicing this, you might call dad before you fly out there and have the conversation. It's possible. You might not, you might have the conversation when you're there, but we're, we're laying groundwork for that. We're showing that we can move these trees and boulders and there's the, there's the trail. Great. You don't have to carve it up the whole way down the mountain right now. Right. And I kind of feel like in what you just said, I felt brother's wedding and how well that went. And looking back on that and wanting to call him for bachelor party, in different scenarios, obviously, but similar to moral feelings. I'm going to sit. I don't know what I'm going to do, but, you know, I, I can kind of go back to how I felt there and kind of plug it into this and. Yeah. And you can, you can sit with it and just sit with like what feels authentic and, and what do I want to practice and, and what am I capable of right now? You don't have to do it all right now. That's okay. We're just creating that space in you. You know, we're showing you the trail, taking that weight off. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. And you don't, again, you don't have to do it all right now. It's, <laughs> I mean, look, I would actually be not a therapist and just a motivational speaker. If we got off this and then you called your dad right away and did it. I'm like, there, I did it. What do you think? I'm like, no, that's not lasting change. I'm a, I'm a Gen Z. I want it right now. You know. <laughs> Channel your, your, your cusp millennialism and, and slow your roll. <laughs> For real. For real. And we're back. We sure are. Here we are. Okay, great grandpa Friedman. Bring your A minus game. Let's go. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I love when clients ask about us, like as therapists, like, how are you doing? Like, no, but how are you doing? Really? Like, it's so human and it's also a little weird. And right. you're like, are you deflecting right. or, and it's genuine a lot of times. So I always yeah. find that funny, oh, yeah. like when he did that. It was interesting because he's, I think the first thing you hear, is like me going, all right, well, let's talk about you. You know, and then he's like, well, how are you doing? Right. I've seen a lot of clips about this and people talk about this all the time. When you walk into a therapist's office, like the therapist going, how are you? It's such a weird thing. I do you it. Know? It's horrible. I right, do it. Right. Yeah. We've talked about this before early on in the podcast that I usually say, how's your week been? And it, it's something that just bizarre. And I think it's, I've heard other therapists say things like, so what's on your mind? And I, I think that's okay, but sometimes that puts pressure on certain clients. Like, what's on my mind? I don't know. What is on my mind? Shoot, I don't know what to talk about. Well, I don't mind saying anything once I get in my office, but I'm talking about the the long... You're talking about the walk, yeah. The, hot, the long walk of 10 feet from when I go get them in the lobby to bringing them in the, in the room. But if any of you guys saw the TikTok that I did, I literally do kind of just swing the door open and I'm like, hello. Here I am. Like I just like right? slide in sometimes. Like uh, what's his name? Kramer. Kramer from Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. And and for me lately, at least during the pandemic, Beckett is with me when I see clients in my office. So when I open the door for them, oh, he'll like bark just to say hi. He knows all my clients. Yeah. And the clients know him, so they'll say hi to him first, and then he'll jump on his couch. Yeah. And chill out. Yeah. And then we're off and running. Yeah. But it, it's it, you're right. It is weird. Like you you kind of want to. 
ask about your therapist and therapists, I think most that I know of will engage in some kind of small talk, even though <laughs> I, in one of the clips that I saw, somebody was like, I, I don't want a small talk. I've only got 50 minutes. It's not even a real hour. It's 50 minutes and I pay a lot of money. I want to start talking about my issues. Let's right. get into right, it. Right, like, right. Totally. All right. I get that too. So we got into it. Yeah. So Drew, he's uh, coming off of COVID. He was out for a couple of weeks and he said he's getting mm -hmm. used to things again. And it, even when he's back in his comfortable zone, it sounds like he's still overthinking things and making sure people are are okay. And even when it's awkward in the moment, it sounds like now he's in a bit of a different place where he can make the shift and be present. So part of what he was talking about was that what he's noticing right now is that he's feeling good in the moment. And that's a, a switch. And part of it was feeling good and still having these boundaries and not taking care of everyone. Like he's used to it now in, in bad situations, right? right? In bad times when things are going wrong, I'm, tr I'm running around trying to make everybody better, trying to make everything okay for everybody. Right. right? And now it's now that we're in good times and things are going pretty good. I'm not used to not taking care of everybody in this case. And that's the line I think I busted. I thought you'd probably love this. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's when you're hosting a party, you don't have to go out and bring everybody cheese and crackers. Totally. Yep. You do have to bring charcuterie though. <laughs> no, I, and I think that, you know, he talked about how to not overdo it and letting go of, like you said, the responsibility for other people having a good time. Right, right. And I think, I don't remember exactly how he said it. You, you want to get whelmed, not overwhelmed. Right. right. I was like, perfect. Yeah, I say it all the time. Like, it's okay to be whelmed. You just don't want to be overwhelmed. Right. Whelmed is like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on and I can handle it. When I'm overwhelmed, that's, oof, that, that's too much. That feeling of overwhelmed will lead to a shutdown. Right. Because it'll just be too much and I'm uncomfortable. And then I'm I'm in this challenge mentality and I have to do this. And that it's it's too much. Is whelmed an actual word? I don't know. Fact checker. Let's, let's consult the <laughs> let's consult the Scrabble dictionary. What does that say? <laughs> Fact checker. Yes, whelmed is a word. What does it mean? But if you think what an overwhelm is, well, yeah. Overwhelm is so it comes from whelm. So whatever whelm means. <laughs> Doug Stalling. Uh, whelm. <laughs> <laughs> the fact checker is going to ramble about something whilst he looks it up. Whelm as a verb means to engulf or submerge or bury someone or something. A swimmer whelmed in a raging storm. A noun, an act or instance of flowing or heaping up abundantly. A surge. The whelm of the tide. Okay. Yeah, it's something like something can whelm you. Like it can be yeah, yeah, whelming. Yeah. Oh. Right? It, it's not used very often, but it's it's it it's is absolutely a word. Fantastic. I love this. It's funny because it, it's not used much. So when I say to people like, well, it's okay to be whelmed, just not overwhelmed. It sticks out because they're yeah. like, what? Wow, I've never heard that. Is that even a word? Like, yeah, I thought you made so it So it'll up. make sense to them. Yeah, you can handle stress. It's not like, don't, don't hand me any stress at all. Right. Like you can take some, but you just can't take on so much that you're not functioning and you shut down and you can't do it. Well, and don't do it voluntarily because there will be a point in your life where it happens because, and it's 
through just the facts of life, right? So at some point you will be overwhelmed by things beyond your control. Don't overwhelm yourself when some of the things are in your control. Right. The facts of life. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. And there you have the facts of life. (laughs) What? Did I just, did I just quote some facts of life? You might have. Yeah. You might have. Yeah. Well, and, and then he starts talking about how he has never been so uncertain job wise and he's learning patience. And I noticed when he said he doesn't think he could handle it if he got everything he wanted right now. I was like, Oh, okay. Right. That's insightful. It's, it's weird because you, it's a lot of what you're not used to. And for him, it's that he's, he's talking about it in this episode, in this session about learning to trust his gut and really just, just allowing that to be. And it's sort of like what he was saying about getting everything I want, like, wow, wait, so everybody can have a good time and I can get what I want. Then what do I need to do? There's right. nothing for me to do. Yeah. Isn't oh, that lovely? Weird. For some, for others, it's really uncomfortable. And no, we don't know what to sure. do with nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, that's going back to, to Sarah. If you guys are listening to her in real time, yeah, she's talked about, like I've said, oh, I would love for you to have the experience of being bored. And she's like, oh, no, I don't no. want to be bored. That yeah. sounds awful. Sounds it's awful. It's because of this. Like, there's nothing to do. Yeah. Even though you just said, we're like, oh, that sounds great. Like, when you're in that place to welcome that, it is great. When you're not and you have this mentality where you're in this fight or flight mechanism and mode and that survival, and it's to just be told, oh, you don't have to do anything. Everything's fine. Right. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, totally is. I, I agree. Right. I think... Well, and he's saying he's trying to learn to trust his gut and his instincts more, which I love. We call that wise mind. And then along those lines said that he's going to see his mom for her birthday. He wants to see her. He knows it's going to make her happy and he wants to go and also let his girlfriend know that like he wants her there. And also it's more logical if she stays and took care of the dog which they were both totally fine with. So able to come to that like wise mind decision instinct he's got knowing that like, okay, wants her to come and also. Yeah. And realizes it's okay. And that's, it's, oh man, such a huge moment for Drew that I didn't belabor in the moment with him in the session because we were on to other things. The fact that he could go to see his parents and girlfriend could stay at home, watch the dog, and do that. And he didn't feel abandoned, you know, and he didn't feel alone and lonely. Like it was okay. It was actually the most supportive thing. That is huge yeah. for him. Well, he wasn't feeling that codependent drive to be there. Right. Exactly. Or we have to be together. And that's, you know, again, I, I bring in the stone song. Can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. Right? Yeah. And that's that codependent piece of him would always want to be with my partner at all times, knowing everything about me, me knowing everything about them. And of course, they're going to come with me to see my parents and they're going to have the same kind of relationship with my parents that I have. I'm like, whoa, that's too much. That is overwhelming. Right. Overwhelming, not just whelming. That's right. He brought up his finances and how he can't afford the trip. So he just slapped down the parents' credit card. I think he said something about... Asking uh, forgiveness, not permission, 
Right. Yeah. And that's the, right. That's something that I said to him a while ago. Like it's asking forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. Because he, he's looking at the thing that he really wants to do and he's not able to do it. And if he makes it about the finances, like I can't buy a ticket. I, he knows they can, they can afford it. Yeah. That asking for permission felt almost demoralizing for him. It felt like a failure and he's just seeing it that way. And he's missing the actual gesture, right? The actual thing of, of what he's trying to do and what he's trying to say to him, to them. Right. And I get it. He he said he still, he feels guilty because he wants to be able to pay for things and wants to be able to pay for them. In my mind, I'm like, dude, you are so young. Like I still, my parents still pay for me when we go out to dinner and stuff because they have more money than I do. So thank you. And (laughs) I, I, you know, I'll buy something like, well, and watch this, everybody. And you're a spoiled Valley girl. Shut up. I'm not from the fucking Valley, dude. (laughs) So lame. <laughs> it's funny how that's the part you latch on to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I am spoiled, but I'm not valet. That's all true. And I was a right. spoiled and growing up and we can get, that's a whole nother topic, but yes, it would be so nice to be able to, and it is so, I think a lot of people when they get to that point and it's not like I'm not dependent on my parents And there are certain things I can't afford to do if they want to do that. And that's okay. Right. And I think at the same time, knowing your limits and the question was, right, what, what would it be like for him to have a conversation? And he, he got emotional when he was talking about this. What would it be like to have a conversation with them and say, thank you instead of I'm sorry, Right. Right. And thank you so much for buying the ticket. Like I want to come visit you. I don't have the money. If you're okay with it, maybe you can pay for it. It's partly like that, that emotional, there's two pieces here for me as the therapist in the moment, I'm hearing the emotion for him. And I want to go towards that emotion where he was like, Oh, that's kind of a tearjerker for me. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to hit that. What you and I are talking about, just that, that, And I love that he got this, like switching thank you for I'm sorry. Yeah. Because a lot of what he's used to is just going, oh, I'm sorry. And that's, you know, we talk about fight or flight, but it's the full version of that is fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And that's, that's partly the fawn. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here, let me do this for you. Let me make it up to you. Like, that's a defense. And we miss what he's actually trying to say. And that's where he, I think he was getting emotional because saying the thank you he was really like getting to a place of gratitude and appreciation for his parents. Right. When I had him stay with that emotion for a second, like, well, hang on, like, t- tell me about that. What is that? What just happened? Right. And that's where he really got to explore that a minute. And even though there's, there's some feeling guilty, right. And we, we really hammered that piece too. For right. him, it was the, uh, and I loved that he said this, I want to buy my dad an island. Yeah. And it was, it, I mean, it was a beautiful sentiment of like, they've done so much for me and I'm, I've got such deep gratitude for them. And I just, I wish I could buy them an island, but I'm still asking them to pick up a plane ticket so I could just see them. Totally. And, you know, he said something like, it sucks not being able to be who you want to be with because of money. Mm, you, yes. And also you are who, who you are and you could have all the money in the world and you still may not be who you want to be. So just remember that. True. But it, it, it's, I bust this line every now and then. And, and I love this one. I think this will 
frame that where we were in the session was back in January because I said to him, you can always get another hundred bucks. You can never get another January 19th, 2021. Right. You need to find the balance. Right, right. It's not like, oh, cool. Well, let me let me just live for the day. Right. And I'm gonna like, who cares what's in my bank account? I can get more money. Let me do this. Yes, right. I'm gonna fly out and see my parents. No problem. Yahoo. Like that, that's yeah, no, it's not that it's finding the balance, but not letting entirely money stop you from being who you are and what you want to to be and how you want to be. Right. That's why I was saying, like, okay, and I love that he said, okay, how do I do this? you know, before I buy the ticket, how do I do this with them now? And that's where I was looking at like, well, what's, what's the sentiment of what you want to say by going? He brought it back to, uh, I love you. I think, was that when he was, you guys were talking about showing them that they're good parents as opposed to him being a good kid? Yeah. I mean, kind of, it's, it was looking at like, he's trying to get the permission beforehand and see if, if this can happen and, and see if he could do this and see if they'll do this for him so that he can be a good kid. And he's, I was saying, well, you're trying to tell them something. What are you trying to tell them? That's when he was like, well, I, I, I love them. I'm showing up. This is how I am. And, and I want to show my appreciation to you. And the financial piece is what makes that happen. But I right. don't want to just slap down the credit card. I want to express this sentiment to you. Right. I don't know what I'm talking about here in these notes, just FYI, but I wrote A, B, C, D, and then I said the differences were confusing to me. What did you talk about that was an A, B, C, D? Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) that's funny because I probably confused you with the baseball analogy, but what we, the A, B, C, D was how, how we can talk about it. So as a baseball pitcher, yeah. if you're not throwing well, when I said, well, what's the first thing that's going to happen? He's like, oh, coach is going to take you out. Right. Like, really? Because, oh, wait, right. The catcher comes out to have a conference with you first. Right. Let's get on the same page. Let's focus. And what I was what I was trying to highlight with him, using an analogy, baseball, that I know he knows because he's playing. Yeah, yeah. So he gets it and he was getting really into it. It's a way for him to be objective about the situation, right? Right. Even though it's a very subjective thing, but I'm trying to get him to see that there's support around him. You don't have to do it all yourself. And a baseball pitcher that thinks he just has to strike out every hitter is going to be overwhelmed, too much pressure. You can't do that. The most successful pitchers realize they have defense behind them. Use your defense, use your support. So it was highlighting that to him and then taking the analogy further. I'm like, look, if you give up seven runs in a game and you get pulled because it's, you know, your team's losing seven to one. And you could say like, A, make up some excuse like, well, I couldn't get a good grip on the ball. It was too humid. Or B, yeah, I didn't have my best stuff. And sometimes that happens, but I'll get back out there. Or C would be, yeah, I'm just, I'm really glad that, that we've, I've got a whole team behind me and everybody's supporting me and I didn't deliver, but we'll try it again. So for, for him, like highlighting that, so the A, B, and C is what's the self-talk about this? Is it, right. I'm a failure, I let everybody down, or is it, uh, well, I, I did this because of this, or it's their fault, you know, making the excuse, yeah. or yeah. is it like, yeah, well, that happened today and tomorrow's another day, right? Okay. And he said, yeah, I'd like to be more C. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I'm not there yet. And then it's funny because using the baseball analogy just a little further, I kind of said, right, if you leave the game and it's seven to one and then your team wins 10 to seven and you say A or B, A being, 
well, I couldn't grip the ball. I didn't have a, so I didn't have good stuff. And okay. And even if you say like, we'll get them next time. And um, yeah, it's a bummer. I'm just, yeah, it's all my fault. I let everybody down. You're negating that your team just scored nine runs to win the game. Right. You're negating that your parents were able to buy you a plane ticket and fly you out there. Right. What do you want to say? And that's where he was like, yeah, I got a great team. I didn't have my best stuff. And I'm glad I've got this team behind me that can do all this. Right. That was the version. And I loved also that as I'm deep in this analogy, and I know I'm beating it into you and you hate baseball. No, I don't. But yeah, I do. He's, he's, he, he took it and went, right. It's like the pit crew. Was that him? The pit crew. Yeah. Right. And, and F1, Formula One. That I got. Right. Right. It's, it's the full team effort and he totally got it. So love that we went objective by looking at my analogy. Yeah. And then he went even further by applying it to one of his analogies. Yeah. Cause it's, that's creating the pathways for him in his brain. That that's him thinking about it differently, yeah. which was amazing. Yeah. I love that. I was like, yes, I love how he comes full circle with all these things. I wonder if he was an analogy guy at all before you probably not. I, he must've been, he must've been to some degree. I mean, that's I don't know. what was really cool for him was he then connected it to his brother and the bachelor party right. looking at things differently. So he's, what's really cool. I think in this, in this session is he's kind of looking at like the things that we're working on. He is experiencing them in real time, not just us learning about it. Totally. So he can go back to things where we both have these mile markers and frames of reference. And he could kind of show, wow, I've learned this. Now I can see how I did this before. This is so cool. So awesome. When therapy becomes as it, as the idea is how we, right walk through the world and how we take what we are learning and have learned and implement it in our life outside of the office. Right. And when you can see that it's fucking fabulous. I love it. And then <laughs> I thought you'd like this too, is that that's when I said, right. And it, it takes time because it's not just being a motivational speaker and have you make like one change one time. It's doing this gradually. <laughs> he was like, yeah, but I'm Gen Z. I want it now. <laughs> yeah. That was <laughs> right. so funny. I know I was laughing. Right. I was like, are you Gen Z? I was like, okay, yeah, I think so. Right. And that, well, that's where I came back to him. Like, well, you're, you're a cusp millennial. Yeah. So slow your roll. Yeah. Slow your right? roll. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I love, love you, Drew. Yeah. He's a good one. He's a good guy. Well, I can't wait to hear what happens next. Well, you're going to have to wait. I know. I hate but it. You will hear. You'll hear what happens next. I hate it. And you all will hear to channel your inner millennial and slow your roll. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever your, I don't know, decade is, slow your roll. <laughs> Unless you should speed up That's your right. roll. Sure. Like the missing piece. Aw. And we will, we will roll at you again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.